Hi everyone, it's Gracie with Self Care with Gracie, and I am so excited today because I um, we are going to get to talk to a woman and a teacher who I've been inspired by for many years. Uh, her name is Monica Bloom, and she's been writing a, a, a blog, um, HeyMonicaB.com, and I found it years ago when I was starting to get more interested in learning about Ayurveda. I wanted to find a way to take like this very old, ancient, esoteric Indian practice that I really sensed had a lot of wisdom in it and something that I really needed. And I, but I, I didn't quite know how to start applying it. I would, I would look at the books and look at the food list and the daily schedule and just get so overwhelmed right away. Then I found Monica's site. And one, she's hilarious and fun and a wonderful like, artist. And she would present the material in a way that was like, oh, I can do that. I can look at my tongue first thing in the morning and I, oh, that's what Agni Digestifier is all about. So it, it, she gave it to us through the blog and these like bite-sized pieces that were wonderful. She had a great podcast and I learned so much from her. Recently I found that she has uh, put out a book called In Your Elements. And for a while I've been saying like maybe I need to write a book on Ayurveda because I, don't, I haven't found a book out there that really explains it in a way that us as, as Westerners, especially very busy Westerners, can metabolize. Now I don't feel like I need to write that book because Monica wrote it, and it's, it's so great. So <laughs> I, I have her here, and I'm gonna, I want to let her, let her speak um, in a little bit, but I, I wanted to introduce her a little bit more first, that she is an Ayurvedic life counselor, and she studied for um, a, a few years to really be able to take this knowledge and help people with it. I, I really sense her love and her passion for being able to do that. And she's not doing it from this like high tower of, of you know being able to completely devote herself to it because she has a toddler, she has animals, she has a husband, she has a full-time job, she lives in San Francisco, and she's really you know putting her, her Ayurvedic money where her mouth is and just using this to help her keep a very balanced lifestyle. So I, I wanted to read just one little section of this book before I turn it over to Monica here. So in, um, in her book, she talks about um, an, an, a vision for an ideal world. And um, so I'm going to read. It says, take a walk with me. Visualize a place where people use Ayurveda as, at home as a daily practice for themselves, for their children, neighbors, and grandparents. They do daily pranayama regulating our breath in the morning to keep cobwebs from collecting in their minds and bodies, nooks, and crannies. They drink the right amount of water throughout the day. They poop at least once a day. Without fail, they do 30 minutes of exercise or yoga daily, and they love it. They happily eat whole foods that come from nature like fruits, vegetables, healthy grains, and a little meat if they need it. They look forward to going to work, and they experience minimal stress because each day they make progress towards their end goal. Work is one big enjoyable project or they're simply content in being. They get the right amount of sleep each night and are well rested. They only, get to see a, they only need to see a doctor for routine checkups or if something else unexpected happens. So I just, I love that because it's so simple what you write about there, Monica, but it's so powerful. So I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more from you about what, what it is that really caught you about why Ayurveda was powerful and, and how you began to really see how you could begin to apply this to your life. And, and also just to welcome you for being to be here. So thank you so much for taking the time and, and sharing with us. Yeah, well, hi, Gracie, and hi, everybody out there. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I love that little part that you wrote. I actually, it's so funny when I think about the book, it's got so many 
components to it and the fact that you picked that one out as one of your favorites just warms my heart because it's true. It's, it's where it all starts. Um, is within us and it's within whatever lifestyle we are living, right? Like I think for me one of my favorite things about Ayurveda and maybe almost one of the biggest myths is that we need to change our entire life in order to live Ayurvedically. But actually what needs to happen is Ayurveda just needs to find a home within our life, whatever we do, you know, whether we're a stay-at-home mom or whether we're a yoga teacher part-time or whether we have a full-time job um, 40 hours a week or shoot, if we're a lawyer and we're working even more than 40 hours a week or something like that. Like Ayurveda has a home with everybody. Um, and so what I like about the part that you, that you picked out is it, it brings empowerment back to us and our choices, right? So, um, you know, choosing to eat the right foods, choosing to exercise. Um, it takes away the sort of vulnerable feeling like, oh, things just happened to me. Like I happen to be whatever, unhealthy in whatever way that's been given to me. And yes, that's true. Like we have our genetic tendencies and things like that. And we, but, 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 there's a lot that we can do with our own selves to feel really good um, a lot of the time and probably better than we're doing. So the reason why I love Ayurveda and why it spoke to me is because nobody, I didn't know it existed at the time. I found it in 2007. Um, I was enrolled four days later after I happened to stumble upon it online. Um, and so it, you know, for me, I was like, wow, this is stuff that I can actually do. I don't have to go to anybody else to find out, um, you know, more about myself and how I should be eating and how I should be exercising. And holy smokes, like there's a routine that I can do that's in flux with nature. And for most of my adult life, I've been not going with that routine. I've been going against the grain of nature, right? So, it was these little bits of really smart, logical things that like come together and make this full puzzle of, of who, who I am, not who the world thinks I should be, not, who, not what somebody thinks that I should be eating, not what new cleanse is like a fad, right? It was just it was these little elements of things that I could put into my world that worked for me, like you know, like warming foods uh, for Vata, right? Because when I found Ayurveda, I hated warm foods. I was like, oh, I don't even want warm foods. Like I want salads all the time. I eat salads and I'd have a Diet Coke and then I'd have like, and then I'd need chocolate or some kind of candy crap or something like that to like fill that void of dissatisfaction, right? And I didn't know. And then all of a sudden Ayurveda came along and I was like, oh my goodness, I've been imbalancing my Vata even more and more and I should be eating warm foods. And that little change got my mind like settled and it kind of changed so many things, just that little change. So even back then I said, well, somebody's got to do something about this. And I kind of thought the same thing you did. Like, geez, somebody needs to be writing about this. Somebody needs to bring this to us because you couldn't find anything online. Like it was like you had some Indian Sanskriti websites that were like, oh, I don't even know what to do with this. But I was like, I can make this. And you even said, uh, metabolized, but I like in as in addition to that, yes, digestible information for people that they can start using it. 
I don't know. Did that answer your question, or I just go in circles? Because I can go in circles too. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's it's like the the beautiful of the vata. There, no, it was a beautiful. Answer <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I just I want to clarify for listeners out there that the, the vata um it is the that element within us that is like the air element, which is like excitable and a little frenetic sometimes, and it can get just a little unstable. Like when you've had way too much coffee and you're just like buzzing, like that's a little bit of being out of balance with Vata. Oh, it's uh, even interesting that you say the shaking with the coffee, right? So Vata is the energy of movement, right? It's mm. responsible for everything that moves in our bodies. And when we have too much coffee, what happens to us physically? Little little jitters. Yeah. We get little jitters, you get a little shakes. So anytime we have that happen, jitter, jitter, shake, shake, that's like bata is not on its, in its normal flow. It's like, it's like stuck somewhere. Um, there's too much of it or it got kicked away from its original flow, right? Our flow is from head to toe, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got some roundabout flow around the heart and things too, so blood can go in and out. But for the most part, the flow is top to bottom. Um, and something like coffee can can give us an extra jolt especially for vata people they get the shakes and they don't feel good when that happens yeah and you know and intuitively that makes so much sense and and that's the thing about ayurveda you know i, I teach it to a lot of people who, who take my programs who don't come from like a yogic background and mm-hmm. i and i always get a little bit nervous of like oh my gosh is this going to seem really weird and it, it's so not weird for people people are like oh that explains yeah. why I've been having this reaction. And, and I've, I've heard this before, and I would say it, that like it's Ayurveda gives us words to describe experiences we're already having. And it's mm-hmm. like tools to understand that we have intuitions that are, are actually pretty right on. And like an example of this is a lot of people get really hungry around, you know, like 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning, which is really like when our digestive fire, our agni, is getting really strong. It's, it's the pitch of time of day, like the fiery time of day. And for people, it's like, oh, I've always tried to wait till 1 o'clock when I've been hungry earlier. And just to, like, mm. show that, like, there's, there's wisdom inside of us that really, like, our bodies do know something. That, and we've been, we've been working within a culture which has told us that we have to kind of follow rules that are outside of ourselves. So I, I think this is where Ayurveda, for me, gets very deep, is, like, that, that really if you want to live an Ayurvedic lifestyle, it's going to require you to, like, pay attention to how you feel and when you go out of balance and where you go out of balance and, and like you said, take some responsibility that it's not things aren't just happening to you, but they're, they're, that you have some control over it and that this taking care of yourself thing can actually be kind of ritualistic in like a very fun way. Is it like, wow, I get to align with like the sun. Like how cool is that? Yeah, I love, I love that. That is, I mean, really in Ayurveda, that is where the rubber meets the road. If anybody is looking for anything sticky and tangible, even if you know nothing about Ayurveda, what is my body telling me to do? Because everything starts from the inside, right? Uh, in Ayurveda, uh, it starts from the inside, not from the outside. So many of us are looking for the out- to the outside for answers, whether it's in a book or your yoga teacher or in a cleanse or in, I don't know, nutrition, something or another, which, which is good. Like we need a certain amount of information, but we have, like you said, so much wisdom inside that I think we often discount that. And I think... In, in Ayurveda and even in my book, it's like, hey, guess what? You know more than you think you do, but these are the reasons why it makes sense, right? Um, like you said, even getting snacky at 10 o'clock or 10.30 in the morning, everybody wants a little snack. There's a reason for that, and we can honor that instead of waiting, like you said. Um, so that's, 
it's wonderful. And that's one of my favorite parts is like, we have it. We've got it on the inside. We don't need to look much further. But we feel like we're not expert enough on our own self, so we need to go looking everywhere else. So once you know mm. more about Ayurveda, you can say, I can be an expert for myself now because I have, I have justification. I have validation. I can just be exactly who I am. And if I want mac and cheese for dinner and I'm a vata and I need to calm that buzzy energy down and make my digestion feel nice, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I don't care what anybody else says about my mac and cheese for that. You know what I mean? Like put away the judgments and put away um, the shoulds, I suppose. We like to hold on yeah. to shoulds. Right. Is, uh, they they just they just weigh us down. They drag us down, and like we're not really gonna be enjoying our lives very much if if we're trying. I, I always feel this way that like we all like, and this is maybe pertains to Vata too. That like we Vata likes to follow a rhythm of things. That's why you yeah. have like a set daily routine, and why you eat your meals at a certain time. And and it's like if we're, if we're not following a rhythm that's ours, we're probably following somebody else's rhythm. And I don't. Like, I don't know if we're going to be truly happy unless we do find our own rhythm within there, which is, um, you know, complicated and difficult. And that's the question I have for you, Monica, is, like, was, yeah. it, was it challenging for you to, like, really take the attention of look, listening to what everyone else is saying and really start to tune into yourself? And is, has it gotten easier with time to be able to, like, trust that, um, that voice inside of yourself? Yeah, but I'm also kind of like skeptical as to what people are trying to sell me. So like I'm always like, yeah, that's really good for me. You're just trying to sell me something. And so I would tell everybody to have a little bit of that skepticism, maybe to my own thing. But I'm also a little bit stubborn. Um, I, I did, so in a way, I didn't really buy into any of those things, but they were noise. Right? So when all of the noise, whether you're like, oh, yeah, I'm looking for that, and you're looking for answers, there's nothing wrong with looking for answers. All I'm going to say is that you've got most of them on the inside. So write down your thoughts, write down how you're physically feeling, and you'll probably come up with more answers than you could find anywhere else, right? Um, And I think that's why Ayurveda spoke to me so clearly, because when I found it, I was like, here you are. Where have you been? I've always knew you'd existed. I I have always believed this, but I never knew it existed. What a shame. Like, now I've got to do something about it. Now I've got to go to school in four days, because, like, I just found this, and I've got to make it turn it into (laughs) actionable things, right? But, like, so the noise from the outside, did I pay attention? Yes and no. I mean, of course I did. Like, don't eat fat. Like, in the early 90s, I was eating pretzels and crackers, like, all the freaking time, and gaining weight like crazy, and potatoes, like, like, the whole, that's all I would eat is like pretzels and potatoes and <laughs> anything that didn't have fat in it. Fat's bad. No fat. Right? And then the um the other diet with the the Atkins diet, right? Like then you're no carbs, like eat all these fatty things and meaty things and all that. I was just like, dude, that just doesn't even sound great. Like and I like fruit and I like to have a glass of milk and I didn't do that one. But a lot of people did. And for some people it worked great and for other people it didn't work great and it's because it all depends. So no matter what somebody's saying out there, it's going to depend on you anyways. So it may or may not help. Um, but what does help is having sort of a uh, relaxed sort of experience around our life, right? Like we can try some things like, okay, I am going to eat a salad for lunch when I'm a vata in the middle of winter, which we should not be doing. Um, and I'm going to have that and I'm going to eat it. 
and I'm going to pay attention to how I feel. And then you're like, oh, great. Now I feel bloated. I have pains in my lower stomach. My stomach might be a little bit distended. Oh, darn it. There were chickpeas on that salad. Like I'm really distended. I'm going to have the toots. And so from that, you go, okay, that's not great for me. Probably I should have you know something like a rice bowl. Maybe a rice bowl with my veggies on it would be a little bit better. So it's warming, grounding. The vegetables would be steamed, and then all of a sudden, okay, that feels better in my body. So note to self: no salads for now, and rice bowls are good. One tiny little bit of wisdom, and that came from your own experience and your own insides. So yeah, I mean, in a way, I was ignoring stuff out there. I saw it. But I mostly ignored the noise, but I didn't have an answer. I did not have anywhere to go, right? So I was just like doing my thing, drinking my Diet Coke, eating my salads, like running around like a crazy girl, doing very fast workouts in the middle of San Francisco when it's cold outside and it's windy all the time. Um, And then when I found Ayurveda, I was like, oh, I see, I see. This all makes sense. So it's going to be per person. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that can come from the outside. The knowledge can come from the outside. But how you put it to use and the commitment that you have for your own health has to come from you, right? Mm, yeah, I love that. No, no one can, like, make you concerned about the stuff if you're not. And nobody can, like, make you yeah. excited about the stuff unless you approach it in that way. No, and um, to, your point, to your point, nobody can make you panic, about your body either. So I think the thing that uh, gets my goat a little bit is like, oh, you have a leaky gut, or oh, you have this, or oh, gluten's bad, or ah, like, and people are like, should I be eating this, or should I not be eating this, should I, what if I, what if I miss, what if I'm sick, like, oh my gosh, what if I, and it's like, if you have to ask yourself that question, like, if you're, if you're sick or what's really going on, take a step and look on the inside and see what's really going on because that can create a false panic and false worry inside all of us, which can make us buy something or react or try something that's completely, you know, to, from one extreme to the other. And, mm. and that is what I hope to, to even get across with my book, like, hey, here are some very simple things. You can find everything in your own cupboard, and if you don't have it, you can go to the grocery store and you can find it there. You yeah, know? so simple. So, so like, there's such a wisdom and the simplicity of it, and and like, and, and also like what I hear when you're saying before is like that to, to calm, just calm down about it. You know, that it's like mm-hmm. when you're frenetic, you can't make sense of things and you're going to try to go crazy and, and go in one extreme and then rebound and eat a box of chocolate or something after that because you tried to right. be extreme. And there's yeah. a part in your book that I love so much where you talk about like, like one of those moments where you're just like incredibly hungry and you could go home and like cook oh, yeah. yourself a big meal, which would, you know, you're, you're already hangry, so it's like it's not – you know, that's going to take a while. Or you could just get some food that you buy at a store and, like, sit in a beautiful place and give appreciation for it and just do the best you can. Yeah. So, and and that, that would probably be an easier thing for you to digest than, like, eating eating the perfect meal. And so what I hear yeah. a lot of what you say is, like, just, like, letting go of the perfectionism, too, of really mm-hmm. letting letting good enough be good enough and just letting your mind, like, calm down so your body can do its thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what, um, you know, in Ayurveda, we don't strive for perfection. We strive for a little bit better, right? Because life's not perfect. It's going to move like a river, right? And sometimes the river is calm and sometimes, especially where, you know, um, winter months around holidays and things, the river gets a little bit faster. Like, I feel like we're fast and we've got a lot to do. We've got a lot to juggle. 
Um, and during our life, things are going to happen. Our heart's going to get broken. We're going to miss somebody. Maybe we have um, challenges in our work or at our job. Those, it's going to happen. So Ayurveda kind of teaches us, you know, how to be in our body, use our five senses to observe and absorb the world around us and how to be okay with the bumps in the road and take them um, as a lesson and feel, feel what we're going to feel. It's all good. It's all okay. We can feel sad. We can feel, we can feel angry. We can feel hangry. <laughs> I like that word that you said that. Right? Like we can feel all of those things, and it's okay. Um, you know, but, but if we start going into something that's a bit deeper, um, you know, deeper sadness or deeper agitation or whatever it is, deeper grief. Uh, we, you know, Ayurveda does have, have tools that can help, help lift us and move beyond and, and say, okay, you know, there's, maybe it's time to, to move out of this now to let your best self shine and perhaps what did you learn and, um, you know, perhaps how do you find peace with it? Because all the crappy things that happen in our life happen because we we're evolving beings. It's teaching us things. We're getting wiser. We don't get wise if everything's roses all the time. Then we'll just be sitting around like in our bikinis with our feet up on the beach and we're just like drinking cocktails and we're like, I'm just happy, you know, but that doesn't happen. Like you have, and and that person's not going to be very wise. Not saying that people who sit on the beach aren't wise because I would like to sit on the beach and sometimes I'm wise, but... There's a wisdom in sitting on the beach, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. There's there's a wisdom in taking a break and going on vacation. But I'm just saying like if your whole life, if, if nothing bad were to ever happen to anybody, we would not evolve and we would not get wiser. And why are old people so wise? Because they have experienced almost everything, right? They know the highs, the lows, the crashes, the burns, um, and they have, they, they've learned from that. Babies are not wise. Do not have a baby write an Ayurvedic book. They don't hold pencils very well, and they're also not very wise. I'm just saying. Cute does not equal wisdom. Yes. Does not equal wisdom. That's even for like cute boys in their 20s. They're not wise, period. Not wise. Totally not wise. Yes, yes. <laughs> Do not take off advice for them. You can look at them all you want, though. Sure, yeah, it's great. Great for the eye therapy, right? Sensory therapy for the eyes. Yes. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, well, I mean, and this really feels like it pertains just a little bit. I know of your story is that you've you've had a daughter in these past two years. You've moved from LA to San Francisco. You've started a full time job in a new way. And it's mm-hmm. like I'm curious what you what have you learned about Ayurveda? And that that you, it sounds like you had to really stretch yourself. You became this more like this bigger version of your life. And and like how did Ayurveda go along with you? And how did it help you? I have a big story if you want to know a big story that just happened, like just happened like two weeks ago and before yeah. that in the works. Okay, so moved to um, back to the Bay Area from L.A. and had uh, moved with my company and took on a much bigger role, management role, so overseeing a team of anywhere between 8 and 10 people. I did that for three years, cool. and I got to the point where I did my book at the same time, uh, wow. so it took a year and a half, so I would work very non-Ayurvedic hours, by the way, but I have Ayurvedic tricks that kind of help, help me stay within my bounds and not get too exhausted. But it, heck, it was tiring, like cheapers, creepers. Anyway, so did this book and all of this stuff, and the more I worked on my book, the more I loved it, 
And the more I was like, I need to be doing more of this. I need to be doing more of this. I've always known it. It's time. So I had to become a little bit brave and talk to my manager, who's actually the president of the company. And I said, I eventually want to be going this way. Um, can we make, is there another maybe role that we could talk about? Now that was seven months ago. And then just two months ago, the big switch happened. I hired somebody who could take my spot over the course of that time. We hired somebody else who could be regional director, which is my role. And the craziest thing happened. Three months ago, I saw um, in our company we have these um, benefits calls, like from our health insurance company, right? So they'll be like, hey, learn about this thing. Hey, how to stay flu-free or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I saw one come through for yoga, and I was like, hey, I called benefits. I just got on the phone right away. I was like, dude, if you're doing yoga, could, you, could I do a talk on Ayurveda? And they're like, sure. So I've done three talks for my company on Ayurveda for all the people that work for us once a month, and they're the most attended um, talks ever. Can you believe that? And then, so like two weeks ago, the switch changed, and now all of a sudden I'm talking to my friends on the marketing team, and we're going to bring Ayurveda to the workplace on our blog because we're a staffing agency. I was like, dude, Ayurveda is everywhere. I was like, if people, if anything's Ayurveda, it's jobs, man. Like, that's our livelihood. Like, we can't just sit in the tree and, like, meditate all day, right? Like, we have to work. We have our livelihood. We have to take care of ourselves and our family, and that involves getting money, and that involves having a job. So let's do this. So now we're starting to put all this Ayurvedic stuff into a company that, like, really is not that. Like, it's not a yoga studio. I work for a corporate company. But they're loving it. And so oh my gosh. I forgot, I forgot your question, but it led me to the story. Oh, the past, how, how, how it sneaks in. So now all of a sudden what I've created is this space where I go to work every day. And it's, it's the company I've been with for seven years, and I, I love the people. It's not an Ayurvedic company. That's okay, but I'm bringing it with me. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching people. Now people are pinging me about like, fun stuff. Like my friend Tim came over. He's like, I'm sad. Do you have a crystal? I'm like, oh my God, you're such a nerd. Here, take this crystal. And he still carries his little crystal around in his pocket. And it's like, it's funny things. And then he's like, I'm sad. Do you have a, can you tell what Tim is? He comes over and he bugs me and he says he's sad. A little bit of vata there, not much, eh? Um, he's also yeah. a copywriter, so he's brilliantly creative. And then there was one thing where there was a book. He said, I'm sad. Do you have a book that could inspire me? And so I whipped out this little tiny handbook of like 365 problems or whatever you might have. You look it up in the back of the index like I'm sad turn to page 53 and you look and it's like a little passage about how not to be sad or something anyway all this crazy stuff is happening I have like a load of teas at my desk now with some aromatherapies people come over I have rose water people spritz their face it's really funny and awesome and I never in my wildest dreams I had so much fear about talking to my manager. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get kicked right out. I'm going to end up with no job, and then I'm going to have to find one, and then how am I going to do this? Like, you know, you race into all those scenarios, and all I had to do is be authentic. And mm. I just had to ask. Right? Beautiful. Yeah. Yes. You got to put it out there in the world, especially with something as powerful as Ayurveda, which for me, it's like, yeah, Ayurveda has taught me a new way to look at my digestion and how to sleep at night and, you know, really taught me how to have a relationship with my body in a, in a new way. But it's also taught me how to set boundaries with my time. Yeah. Like I'm Bata and I realize I have a hard time with boundaries and I need, I, I'll leak my energy out all over the place if I don't set a boundary. And it's yeah. taught me like what, what fear is, which you had to deal with. So it's like what I hear is that like, 
you're taking all these skills that are, are Ayurveda is just not one-dimensional. It's not just physical and body practices. It's, it's emotional practices. It's meditation practices. It's, it's really knowing who you are and what you're here to do and that you're using all of that to, like, help a whole lot of people to understand themselves. And there's... Yeah. I just was doing this talk for a group of doctors, and I was really nervous. One of my one of my clients asked me to do it, and I was just like, "I'm so nervous to talk to these doctors about Ayurveda because yeah. your framework is so different." And she looked at me, and she's like, "We have no framework." She's like, "There's we there's no framework to understanding yourself holistically. It's the body, but not like how the body, mind, and spirit interact." And it's like, "Oh, but to bring that to anybody, so it's like a group of, a room full of doctors need this information. We all need this information of how to take care of ourselves." So. And it's refreshing for them, too, because I think they, I mean, they're just people, right? Doctors might meditate, fight, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're just, it's, there is a fear, though, I think, and I would, shoot, if I had to talk in front of doctors, I'd be nervous because they'd be like, what about them? And they'd probably ask me all these, like, I'd be afraid anyway that they'd ask me all these, like, scientific questions about my body. I'm like, dude, I don't know. I'm just talking about Agni. And by the way, I can't use medical terms so that nobody sues me. So, like, keeping it, like, that would make me nervous, too. But, But here's the thing, is if you went to, like, let's say, your friend's house, and she said, hey, we're going to have some tea, and I'm going to have my friends over, and you're going to talk to them about Ayurveda. And you were like, oh, good, yay, tea and friends, blah, blah, blah. And you talked about Ayurveda, and you taught it, and it was a wonderful time, and everybody's laughing, blah, blah, blah. And they left, and then she, and then she told you, oh, by the way, those were all doctors? Yeah. Like, they're just yeah. people. You know what I mean? People. <laughs> yeah. People who want to feel good. Like, I think that's one thing we all have in common is we want to feel good. We want to feel... Like we're we're in control of our life and our health, and that, you know, random horrible things aren't just happening to us. So that's like if we can connect to that, and that nobody really has the full picture on this, but but we can try. Like you said, like we can try yeah. to do a little bit better, and that we need inspiration, we need support. And so the idea of bringing yeah. in this, like what you're talking about, bringing this into office places, it's like where we spend most of our time as modern, busy Westerners. So that to, mm-hmm. I just I think the potential of that just sounds amazing, and I'm so glad that you were brave and and like I really just yeah. believe too that like these concepts they want to evolve and the I mean you said this once on one of your uh, podcasts is like we can't talk about the doshas too much because there's every time you talk about them you learn something new and it's so true every time I listen to someone talk about bhakti I'm like oh I got a new insight on that that's really interesting. Yeah. And so it's like it's I, I sense that these concepts, they want to evolve. They want to be in the workplace. They want to be in hospitals. They, want, they don't want to just be in some, some musty old Indian Sanskrit no. verse, even though they, they like being there too. Do you feel they that way thank too? You, thank you for being old and musty. Yeah, thanks to the old and yeah. musty stuff so that we can take it as a grain of like what we want to, to put into place for how we live today because the truth is is all of that stuff is really awesome but you're right it's not digestible for the way we for how we learn today and also how our lives are today like back then like man you lived in a village of your family everybody was around and here what we're doing is we're like I'm gonna move as far away from my family as possible I mean some people are but like we have the ability to live anywhere we want anywhere we want and so we do and I think that's a, that's a beautiful, wonderful thing, but what we don't think about is perhaps loneliness that can happen um, from doing so and the pace of, of you know, different cities we might, we might move to that create you know, this ungroundedness 
ungroundedness, ungroundedness that they didn't have back then. So especially for us, holy man, like even if you're not a vata, everybody needs to work a little bit on managing that vata, bringing it down probably. I have so many people that are come to me and they're like, well, they talk about this problem and they're like, but I'm really high vata. And then I see them like on Skype and I'm like, oh no, no, you're totally a pitta. You're not vata. You have a vata imbalance. Like your vata is covering it up like a veil, and you feel very vata, but you're not. Your blue twinkly eyes and your pink skin and your like 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 very blonde, these straight hair. You're pitta, and I can see it. Um, so it's interesting. It's interesting, and I think also you're right. You can't learn too much about the doshas. You can't stop really talking about them. They will appear in different ways, and you learn something else, whether in somebody's reaction or attitude or um, even the way they write emails. Crazy stuff mm. like that. Like all of a sudden you're like, oh, whoop, there's a dosha because I get questions from readers. It's like, hey, I just need a second. Like the whole email is like full up from, you know, got to scroll, scroll, scroll. I'm like, well, this person's Vata. <laughs> yeah. And then there's pitches like, um, they'll send an email like, I have a question. I have this, this. Please respond. Thank you. That's it. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. nothing. And the Kafa people are like, like you never hardly hear from them. Like they don't write hardly at all. But if they do, it's a very sweet and loving note that doesn't really get to the point. But it's very sweet and loving. And it's like medium long. And sometimes Kafa will write a lot. But for the most part, it's the Vatas that are like, and, 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 and. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting because it comes out in all those different ways, and it's very fun. It's very fun to watch. Mm, cool just to see the dynamics, and and because yeah, it's like yeah. Cause this is life. You know, Ayurveda is the science of life. So, so yep. it's like we we understand more about life, and it's then for me, it's so much compassion in that too. It's like they're not trying to you know fill my inbox up. They're just vata. That's how they process. It's just by you know yeah doing a lot of stuff out there, and that that helps them to kind of take a little space in the world and ground themselves. So I yeah. get it. I get it. And, to, and then I and get that in myself of like why I just want to like go off sometimes. Yeah. Well, your verbal process. Vatas will process outwardly. They'll wave their hands around. They'll yell. They'll get all, ah, like emotions all over the place. They're like, I just got to get this out. And they get it all out. And they feel better. And they're like, do, 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 do. And they go do, you do their thing. Pittas are not verbal processors. They're silent. Pro- they will... Think and think and think and think and think and think and think until they can make sense of it. They're like busy thinking, sorting, organizing, thinking, sorting, organizing, judging, thinking, sorting, judging, organizing. All of those things happen on the inside. Um, and then they'll come out with something that's like sharp to the point when they're ready mm. to say something. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah, and the, yeah. the vatas are, are the ones that are outward. Kaphas will do do similar to, to pitta also, but they're not going to be as fast about it. Pittas will have a they will have a sharpness and sort of a speed around it. And kaphas can like sit on thoughts for long time, long time, right? So they'll say. Yeah. I will say though, you know, in addition to that, uh, pittas thinking on their stress, they have to have they have to have it make sense in order for them to do it. But they but at the same time, in the very present moment, they're very good about being um, sharp, good problem solvers, and very in the present, right? So pittas can like come up with a quick solution uh, that's good and quickly, um, and at the same time, for larger problems, they will need a second to think about it. And they'll have a yeah. bajillion, they ask a bajillion questions, pitches do. 
blah, blah. They yeah. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of pizzas here in Washington, D.C. That's where I live. And, uh, oh, I'm sure you do. A lot of pizzas here. People are, people are asking good questions. It makes, it makes going out and meeting people just sound really interesting. People, they want to know what you, you do, and they, you, they want to talk about it. It's sort of this thing. It's like, oh, everyone, you know, what do you do in Washington? That's the question. But it's true. Right. Like, people want to know what you do because they, they want to know. They want to know if they can help. They want to be in your network. And it, it, it makes it, like, fun and fiery in, like, a cool way. But we can go out of balance cool. and become control freaks too and just very, very regimented in a way that like does not bring a whole lot of like life giving joy and fun. So our work here in this town is to like go to the beach more often and chill out and and really let ourselves have a little bit more downtime. But just balance. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think that's important to know your community. Not every community is like that. If you do go to a beach or an island town or something like that, they are not asking questions. They're like hanging out, right? They get a totally different vibe. So being able to pay attention not only to who you are, but how you interact with and how you inspire or distract or whatever you're doing to the community around you is also part of it, right? Because we're, we're a being in, in, in part of a larger, a larger scope. So how you affect your office mates on your team, the rest of your office, how you affect your family, how you affect, mm-hmm. um, you know, the people at the farmer's market. Like you said, in, in D.C., it's a lot of pitta questions. So we're trying to chill out. We are trying to chill out. And you know your community. That's like really smart and really good. Like what a gift. What a gift mm-hmm. to have somebody like you doing that stuff there. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's nice. I, I love it. Um, I got my pitch streak with me too because I like this town. But it, it is yeah. fun just to see, to see the dynamics work and to go somewhere else and appreciate it and the vibe in San Francisco as it's out in L.A. and the vibe is so different out there. I really enjoyed it. And then it's fun to come yeah. home. Um, fun, yep. fun to just know life. That's what I feel like all of this. It's fun to really feel like, okay, I don't have to – this isn't such a huge – it's a huge mystery, let's just say that. But then on top of the huge mystery, there are elements and dynamics that we can play with and surf and – and enjoy and, and that's again that's what I think you were just so talented at and, and I want everybody to read your book. I think you'll everyone will learn so much more about how to enjoy having a body and enjoy having a balanced lifestyle. Um, so Yay. Monica, could you tell us a little bit more about how people could find your book and order can, it for themselves? You can find it on Amazon. So you can go there. It's called In Your Elements. Um, so you can find it there. It's right there. Or you can go to my website and you can order it that way um, through Create Space. And that is the self, essentially the self-publishing arm of Amazon. So if you, there's two ways to do it. Do you want to know like a secret about publishing? Do you want some business advice? Hell yeah. Since, since you're going to maybe write a book anyway, even though I'm sorry I kind of did that part for you. But you know what, you could write on something else and you could write, you, I don't know, whatever. Sky's the limit, and there's room for everybody. Anyways, um, or maybe you're just glad that I did it so you didn't have to. Okay, but um, I think right now that's more what I feel. But no, it's, yeah. this will be good. Great, <laughs> great, good. Okay, so uh, in Amazon, uh, create space, right? That's called my e-store, and the royalties are split up very differently between the two. If you go to Amazon.com and get it, uh, 90% of the sale goes to Amazon. Right, um, because it costs. It's okay. They're not. It's actually they only take forty percent royalties, which is less than a traditional publishing company. But the cost of the book is so expensive because it's full color and it's two hundred and twenty-eight pages. So it's a meaty little thing, and it's got a lot of color. So it's my own fault because I put a bunch of art in it. So fine. So the cost to make it is expensive, and then they add forty percent 
onto that for royalties. So what is left is like 90%, right? Um, but if you order through Amazon.com, you'll get it faster. I get less money that way, but I don't really care because I'm just trying to get like I'm trying to get more eyeballs. So go ahead and do it that way if you want to. Or if you want to fully support me, you can go to um, my website up at the top. It says My Book in Your Elements, and I also have banner ads and stuff. So you can find that, and it will take you to my e-store. Um, and from that, I get much more. I get like 30% of the – no, I don't even know. What's the, what's the math? Yeah, I get like 30% of the sale that way instead of less than 10. So that's better. Um, so if you want to support me with eyeballs, go to Amazon and give a review if you love it so that other people can start to see that it's cool. Um, and, if, or, and or if you're like, hey, I want to give Monica B extra money, then just go to CreateSpace and get it there. But it's going to be slower shipping through CreateSpace. And that is the difference. And I can also talk to anybody about self-publishing if you want to because I kind of know mm -hmm. it pretty well by now. Yeah, so it's interesting. And neither one is good or bad. Um, I kind of thought the Amazon route was bad before, but then I'm like, no, I, people need to be able to find me on there. And mm -hmm. that's really important. That is very important. And if I'm not found, then it does, nothing matters, right? It doesn't matter. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I love what you said about eyeballs. It's like getting, getting people reading and talking and practicing yes. and, and living, living this life. And loving and it. Yes, it. and having so much fun. So I think at the start of this, I really wanted people to go through my own e-store. Now, you know, I, it doesn't matter to me. However you want to buy the book, you go get it and enjoy it. Share it with your loved ones. Um, give a review if you feel so inspired. And it's going to be awesome. That's what I have. Yeah. Well, it is awesome already, and it, I, I feel the potential for more awesomeness within it. Um, I think Thank this you. book would make a really incredible Christmas present or holiday present for people in Wouldn't your it? who you know. Well, then for sure need you need to go on inspired. Amazon. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure then so go on Amazon. And by the way, there's the same price to the user on both sides. It doesn't matter. Um, but the Amazon will ship it to you faster. The other one's going to be longer. You'll miss it by Christmas. So go to Amazon. All right, that's good. Well, wow, I, I wasn't expecting to get such a cool breakdown of the self-publishing industry too. So you're just you're full of, <laughs> of, of great information. But more than that, we were talking before we started the recording, and I was just like, I feel like, you know, what we really want to share with people in life are these immaterial things, which is like love and care and compassion, and um, and like we have to sort of have ways to, you know move that stuff along, which is like books and knowledge and things like that. So I just like, Monica, more than, more than any bit of knowledge, which you've given us a lot of greatness in that, um, just thank you for your love and your enthusiasm and for, for lighting a fire under all of us that we can have a, have a more in tune relationship and we can be more in, in our elements and, in a way Aww. that feels natural in us. So I, I just really appreciate you taking this time. It's, um, it's special for me and I think for a few listeners out there too. Oh, well, thank you for having me. And you know what? It's so fun. It's, I think I didn't expect to, to feel how much fun this was going to be once the book was actually out. I didn't know what was going to happen. So it's really, really fun to have people you know, reaching out. And I'm very honored to, to be on your show here and have your, have your listeners read because I think now is the time. I think we're ready for this. And I think we, and I for sure, we deserve it. So um, yay, yay. So here's to everybody, right? Doing a little bit better to create their best life. Yeah, starting right now, right in this moment. Um, yeah. Awesome. Okay, well, thanks, Monica. I hope you have a really happy holiday season. And just, you know, let's, let's keep it moving and going. And um, can't wait to 
to see all the hear the feedback on all of the, the book reviews out there. So thanks awesome. so much for being here. Thank you, Gracie. You're welcome. Take care everyone. Enjoy your holiday okay. season. Bye bye. Bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place. <laughs>